is a well-known business adage that you are hired for your hard skills and fired for your soft skills. It may be a well-known business adage, but what exactly are hard and soft skills? Hard skills are easily measurable, quantifiable skills such as welding or surgery. Soft skills are the personal attributes that enable someone to interact effectively, harmoniously, and productively with others. Welcome to Life Skills 101, Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. From special needs to parent classes, True North struggles to build a community through digital format in an age of loneliness and desolation. Our host, Lisa Nearing, is a homeschooler with five kids who was homeschooled with her husband, Dr. David Nearing, for 27 years. They are committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools they need to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Linda LaCour Hobar, author of The Mystery of History, is a passionate follower of Jesus Christ, a genuine people person, and a fan of comfortable high heels. Through homeschooling her children and service as a missionary, she discovered a deep love for world history where the famous and infamous have left their mark in time. In the year 2000, Linda sensed a clear call to write the mystery of history for her children, grandchildren, and generations to come that they might know the mystery of God, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2.3 In its 20th year of worldwide circulation, the mystery of history has been well received by all ages. While fact-filled and historically accurate, Linda's writing style remains warm, personable, and thought-provoking. The four-volume Chronological Christian Complete series is user-friendly and includes activities for multiple ages, timeline work, mapping exercises, quizzes, literature recommendations, audiobooks, and much more to fully engage students of all learning styles. The Mystery of History has been awarded first place in Middle School History TTD Family Favorites Award 2020, first place in Middle School History the Old Schoolhouse Excellence Award 2019, TTD Family Favorites Award 2019, ReadersChoiceAbout.com Best Homeschool History Resource 2012, Mary Pride's Practical Homeschooling Reader Award 2009, A Top Back to Homeschool Resource Award 2009, The Old Schoolhouse Excellence Award 2008, and Kathy Duffy's 100 Top Picks. A native-born Texan, Linda holds a Bachelor of Arts degree from Baylor University, where she first fell in love with world history. She presently resides in Tennessee, where she continues to research, write, teach online classes, and obsess over matters big and small. Hello, everybody. This is Lisa Nearing with Life Skills 101, and I am so excited to have as our guest today, Linda LaCour Hobar. She is the author of The Mystery of History, as you probably know. She is a follower of Christ, a genuine people person, and a fan of comfortable high heels. Formerly a missionary, she graduated from Baylor University, where she fell in love with world history. And if you have an opportunity to listen to The the Mystery of History, I know you're going to fall in love with history, too, because she does such a great job of sharing the, the phenomenal wonder of history. So, Linda, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Lisa. It's great to be here. Can you tell us a little bit about your family and how did you end up writing the mystery of history? I think everybody wants to hear that. Right? Sure. I do like to tell that story. So thanks for asking. Well, first of all, there's five of us. Uh, my husband and I have been married 35 years. We have three children that we homeschooled for 17 years. Of course, they are all now grown adults. In fact, there's some grandchildren. But as to why I started writing, oh goodness, I've 
to some degree, was having a midlife crisis. Around age 40, I was in deep prayer for what the Lord had for me in life because my kids were starting to get older. I had one in high school then, and I just sensed this something. We were missionaries at the time, and and so I was just in prayer. <clears throat> my mother used to say, Linda, if you'd ever just do one thing, you might be good at it because I'm a high energy person and I was all over the place. And I knew what she meant and that it was true. So as I prayed for that, little things were happening along the way that kept pointing me toward, first of all, homeschooling as a place to pour back into. Second of all, history just kept coming back and coming back. And finally, one day I was in my kitchen chopping up some vegetables at this little island when I do believe I heard the Lord whisper to me, the mystery of history. And it was paralyzing. I stopped what I was doing. And, you know, I don't know that I could say that that was his audible words, but I'm telling you for me personally, it was a calling. And I knew immediately when I heard that, I'm like, the mystery of history. That's that thing. That's that history thing I've kind of been playing with in my mind. And so I give the Lord credit for how cool it sounds that it rhymes because I never sat around trying to think that up. I don't think I could have come up with it. I felt like that was from him. And believe me, I've gone back many times as it's been difficult in 20 years. And there's been times I'm like, Lord, did I did I get that right? <laughs> was that exactly what you called me to do? But, you know, he has provided. And here I am. Really, it's been 20 years. Wow. I can't believe it's been 20 years. Um, mm-hmm. That just gave you my age. Yeah, well, time goes fast, doesn't <laughs> it? Because I was like, yeah, we listened to that not too long ago, but it, I think it was like over ten years at this point. Um, mm-hmm. So many good, so many good stories that you have on there too. Um, you, we are here today to really talk about the dark side of history, and we're in an odd time in the world where we're experiencing a pandemic. Um, most of us haven't lived through a pandemic before, and we're. People feel unsettled. There's a lot of uncertainty. The world is shifting and changing, maybe permanently mm-hmm. for a long time. And so I'm really glad you're here to talk about a difficult subject. But um, let's talk about the dark side of history, because history isn't really glamorous or pretty in so mm-hmm. many ways. Um, <laughs> you probably mm-hmm. know that more than most of us, right? <laughs> That's right. It's so true. And seriously, the problem that teaching parents face is that It's just embedded in the subject of world history and our headlines, just darkness. You know, these stories, page after page and headline after headline is filled, you know, with despair, destruction, and then death being, you know, the worst. Now, here's what I think is kind of ironic, Lisa, is that it's not really our youngest students that I think are our greatest concern when they're like kindergarten to second grade. The truth is, they kind of like blood, guts, and the stench of death, don't they? At least they think they are, they do, and that's because they're children. I think in their naivety, young children kind of glamorize war and chivalry. It just starts young for them. You know, nobody has to teach them to play good guys, bad guys. They just do it. I know this to be true. I have a six-year-old grandson. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the bad guys might be aliens or robots, but the roles are clear cut to them. We would call that normal behavior. It's child's play. That's not really where our problem is. Um, I think we can sneak in a lot of dark history to the little ones and they're kind of okay with it and they're going to go about their lives. I think our challenge comes a little further down the road. So picture if you would with me now that third, fourth, fifth grader, and you may agree with me that there is a phenomenon that right about age 11, oh my goodness, I absolutely 
love 11 year olds. They're my favorite age because I think that's when they are suddenly too old to just brush off evil, you know, in child's play. And they're also too young to fully process it because they're, they just lack some maturity. So there's something about them. They're so raw. Now, they're not that easy to live with. Sorry if you're listening, 11-year-olds, but often they're ready to, you know, change the world and make it a better place because then their naivety, they, they think they can. <clears throat> but really, I think what the 11-year-old is grappling with is the biblical truth that mankind is corrupt, immoral, and prone to wickedness, at least in his natural state. Of course, that's Romans 3.10, and there's other verses to support that. So, Lisa, let me ask you a question. Think back to your childhood for just a minute. Do you remember how old you were when you first learned about the Holocaust? Mm, wow, that's a great question. I was probably in junior high, honestly, mm -hmm. um, in mm -hmm. junior high, and it was a little horrifying. I think we read the Diary of Anne Frank or maybe oh, The Hiding yeah. Place. I'm not sure which, but yeah, mm -hmm. it, it was a little shocking. <laughs> Say the yeah. <laughs> well, me too. I'm thinking I, I and I'm guessing, but I'm thinking I was in about fifth grade, probably when I first saw, you know, the horrible black and white images, the ones of those really gaunt faces and the emaciated corpses. And, you know, I'm not sure what terrified me more if it was the barely living or if it was the piles of the dead, you know, because either way, it's terrifying. And again, at being about a fifth grader, I know that I was too old to gloss over it. Right. I, 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 I was old enough to observe this real true evil, but I was too young to make sense of it. And I know I wondered as a child, and I probably still do, what I wondered was whether I was ever going to face anything that cruel or horrifying in my own life. I believe that was a legitimate deep life question, and I think it still is. So that's really what I want to direct your listeners to today is the legitimate deep life questions that spring out of dark history. And it could be that our students will ask them naturally, or maybe they should be asking them, or maybe it's that you just help prompt them to ask those questions. And really, that is the only way I know how to deal with dark history in modern hardship, too. Mm -hmm. By the way, some would call this the lost art of catechism. I don't know if you grew up on catechism. Some denominations kind of lean toward that more than others. But a catechism is just a series of questions and answers mm -hmm. that teach the Christian faith. Here's just one quick example. Like a, a simple catechism would be, um, let's see, um, going off the top of my head. here. <laughs> oh, like, who is God? And one answer could be, God is the creator. And then the verse to support that would be Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So that's all that a catechism is. It's, you know, question. It's really short. It's just a question, a short answer, and a biblical verse. So now just to kind of shift gears here, and let's go morbid if you don't mind, but I do want you and your listeners right now to kind of let your mind wander toward some deep, deep, dark stories in history, like from ancient times, think a little bit about the story of Nero, you know, when he burned Christians as torches in his gardens, like there's a horrible story, but just stay with me here. I do want you to think of some hard things from medieval times. Um, it's easy to think about Joan of Arc and be in despair because, you know, she seemed to burn at the stake for really no good reason. I think she was an innocent 
peasant. From the period of the Renaissance Reformation, we could look at the Atlantic slave trade. Such a dark episode in history that still has ramifications to today. From modern time, I think beside the Holocaust, which I already described, there was an incident called the Rape of Nanking. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is as bad as it sounds by the words. Uh, the breakup of Yugoslavia was horrible. It led to t- t- terrible things in Bosnia and Kosovo. Honestly, I do believe that some history is so dark, you will choose to screen it for some of your students. You know what I'm saying? We really don't have to go into detail about all of it. But nonetheless, we're still left with an awful lot of dark history that you will cover with your students because it's inevitable. So I I could give you a history story today. Can I tell you a story? Yeah, Yeah. this is my specialty here. But no, I do to again to kind of help your listener and to direct them to how to deal with the dark side. Let me tell you a story from the first century. It's a natural disaster story. It's the eruption of Mount Vesuvius. Do you know the story, Lisa? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, pretend you don't. <laughs> I will, yeah, you'll tell it in a way that I haven't heard it yet, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretend you don't. Pretend you're about 11 years old and maybe you're hearing this for the first time. And I'll kind of cut it short just, you know, for your listeners. But it goes like this. So things were pretty normal in the city of Pompeii on August 24th, 79 AD. So just picture farmers farming and dogs barking and kids playing and moms probably tripping, you know, over toys in the hallway. I mean, you know, some things don't change with time. But on this one afternoon in the Roman Empire, the streams and ponds of water began to evaporate real quickly from unseen heat that was building up under the ground. Animals grew restless because I guess they do that um, in natural disasters, the sea began to swell. And what was happening is that Mount Vesuvius, which is a volcanic mountain that overlooks Pompeii, it was about to erupt. Now, when Vesuvius erupted, the pressure under the ground was so intense that rather than ooze hot lava, as you might expect, actually the volcanic debris shot straight up into the air And it hung there suspended for 11 hours. That's a long time. So just imagine that much pressure. Now, as the Pompeians gazed upwards, well, they could see this red glowing cloud. And I'm sure some were just confused. But, of course, they're also terrified. So thousands would escape successfully. They fled by horse, by boat, by foot. But, you know, as you can only imagine, as hummus fell to the ground, of course, some were going to be hit and killed in motion, and then falling ash would turn uh, would actually turn the sea into pure mush, and then that would paralyze some of the boats that were trying to get out. Tragically, though, the very worst was yet to come. As the steam began to dwindle, those hot gaseous contents dropped. So just imagine, after 11 hours of spewing into the atmosphere, these columns of ash and rock just began to collapse and drop on the city with the might of hurricane force winds. Uh, there were a lot of cities that felt it, but Pompeii was like ground zero. And anyone that might have survived up until then was probably killed immediately by the scorching heat and the vapors. And then 12 feet of ash buried anything and everything alive. All to say the fate of Pompeii really is like no other. It sat there for about 1,500 years before anyone went back to um, dig it up. But in the 1700s, that's what archaeologists did. Mm -hmm. Now, what they found there were these perfectly preserved remnants 
of one day in the life of the Roman Empire. Because when that ash fell, it, in a very peculiar way, it petrified people and pets. It solidified food and possessions. Mm-hmm. And now the bodies of the dead would decay in time, but these shells remained. They're haunting. If you've ever seen them, you could visit them today. But some folks were found looting and some were found clutching their loved ones, just revealing the hope of some and the despair of others um, in a tragedy. So that's the end of my story. So, I mean, I, I think one of the one of the takeaways we have from that is that there's tragedy all throughout history. Um, some tragedies are more profound than others. And yet the world goes on. And right now, mm-hmm. I've talked to several people <clears throat> who are just really struggling with their kids at home, that they feel like uh, they feel alone. Some of these teenagers are feeling like, wow, this could be the, this could be it. Like maybe we'll never have a normal life again. And mm-hmm. I think that's one, Feels of the, like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the beautiful things about history is we can go, you know, these things happen. It's, everything is a season and there's a new season at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like you just said, Lisa, I think we need to take like a story from history and think about what we can learn from it, realize we could apply it today. But let's kind of back up to, again, just the whole question and answer approach. So uh, your listeners could apply a three-part formula to that story or any story, <clears throat> but we will use Vesuvius as our example. But the three-part formula is this. What I want parents to do is first ask or prompt a legitimate deep life question. Number two, then sincerely listen to the student's heart. Let them speak. So you ask, you listen, and then number three, no matter what they say, (laughs) offer biblical answers. Because at the end of the day, you know, we want more than opinion on any of these hard topics. We want biblical answers. That'll shelter us from our opinions because our opinions could change. They could be wrong. They're flawed. But the Bible never is. So if I could just take you through a couple of examples, let's go back to Vesuvius. So pretend you're an 11 year old and I'm going to talk sweet to you now like a parent. But I would say something for starters. My first life question would be like, um, wow, this story is so sad. It certainly reminds me of. And then I would just fill in the blank with any recent natural disaster. That's not hard for me to do where I live. I'm in Memphis, Tennessee. and We recently had a real severe tornado in Nashville. So. I would probably use that in this example. And I would say, gosh, this story makes me wonder, do you think we're ever guaranteed another day of life? Mm -hmm. So that's your life question. What do you think? Then you sincerely listen to your student grapple through that hard question. Are we guaranteed another day of life? Now, obviously, students' answers are going to vary. But, you know, I think most kids can connect the dots and realize that every part of the globe has natural disasters. Now, they may not have a volcano in their backyard, but they know there's floods, tornadoes, wildfires, hurricanes. Today, we now have a pandemic. And after they voice their obvious, which is, or the obvious, which is that no one is perfectly safe from natural disaster, then we want to take them to God's word. So I would go on like this. you're right, sweetie, natural disasters are everywhere. Now, I'm so glad we don't have something like Vesuvius in our backyard, but we certainly have a lot of, and again, you fill in the blank for me, it would be tornadoes. But aren't we um, glad that God's word would say something about life? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you remember, honey, what James 4.14 says? 
And then now, now's when I'm going to apply this biblical truth. So James 4, 14, let me read it to you, Lisa. It says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow or what is your life. It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. End quote. Now, let's pretend I'm still talking to the child and I would probably say to them something like, wow, isn't it funny? The first part of that passage about going to buy and sell, blah, 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 because, you know, some days all I think about is just the pair of shoes I'm going to go buy when that's so temporal and we aren't guaranteed that there isn't going to be something um, to take us out earlier than we expected from this life. So with that reality, now that you and this child are grappling through, that leads you perfectly to another life question. So that would be this. Let me ask you, sweetie, what do you think happens when we die? Since, again, we're not guaranteed life. What is it that happens? Do you remember what the Bible even says about death? Now, pause and really listen to your student. Find out where do they stand on this topic? How much have they thought about it? Because if they're little, maybe they haven't. But if they're, you know, somewhere in that middle Don't rush their answers. Let them voice so that you know their understanding of life and death. But anyway, then the biblical truth, this is coming in with number three. And I would say, you know, the Bible says a lot about eternal life. But you know, one of my favorite verses is now I'm going to quote to them. John 336 goes like this. He who believes in the son has everlasting life. And he who does not believe the son shall not see life. But the wrath of God abides on him. End quote. Ooh. Now, seriously, Lisa, uh, don't I know you agree with me. This verse would be so assuring to the child that has believed in the son, but it would be terrifying to the child that hasn't. So if the opportunity is there, what a perfect time to discuss salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, so if if the time is right, I would certainly go to the third life question. Now, again, this is all coming from one story of Vesuvius. But then I think you lead into the next life question like, Honey, I know you've heard our family talk about salvation and you know we follow Christ, but do you do you know how we are saved? Mm-hmm. Now, again, the student needs to answer. Let's use that time to let see if they can articulate the tenets of the Christian faith. If they really have secured their salvation, well, obviously you could use this time to then talk about sharing that with others. But if they haven't, oh, I think it's the time. And um, I might say something like, you're right, love. It is so hard to understand spiritual matters that we can't touch and feel. But, oh, I love what Romans 10, 9 says. This is one of my favorite salvation verses because it's so straightforward. And then I would read it to them. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Mm. Um, Now, I, I can't give you words past that when it comes to knowing if your child is ready then to truly confess with his mouth, which means pray because his heart believes. Well, that's between really the Holy Spirit and your child. I can't script that for you. But I do want to encourage your listeners with this. I have had more than one parent write me and tell me that their child has prayed to know Christ as a result of studying a history lesson. So I know this happens. I This is a thinly veiled subject. Now, not to pick on spelling or math, (laughs) because those subjects are important. But those subjects that are very concrete and skill-based, they may not open the floodgates like world history will, because 
again, this is a thinly veiled subject where I think the material and the spiritual not are not as far apart. Mm-hmm. So what a beautiful time to just go to the true heart of the matter. Mm-hmm. Now, just to go on, now certainly there's a host of other catechism questions that I think fit many a history story. As a matter of fact, your listeners can find I have 12 typed up on a free PDF. And if you want to put that in your show notes, it'll direct them right to it. So download that if you want. And they were part of a workshop where I attached them to specifically some history lessons. But I think after what I just described that they'll be pretty self-explanatory. And you can use those 12 questions as you see fit as you're studying hard history. But I wanted to say with recent events, I was just recently um, going over this whole subject again, and I was kind of crying out to the Lord, like, Lord, what are some of those better questions to ask kids now as they are grappling through this new normal and our world that's in disarray? So I do have three, okay, going to share them with you. <clears throat> I think the first one would be the question, is God in control of all events in history? Isn't that a legitimate question? Well, the answer, the short answer to that is, yes, God is sovereign. That's the answer to that catechism question. But one verse to back that up. Now, there's so many on God's sovereignty, but one of the ones I like is Proverbs 16, 4. It's the one that says, the Lord has made all for himself. Yes, even the wicked for the day of doom. So I kind of like that verse because I think it shows that even when we see evil arise, like not just from a natural disaster, but maybe in people like in with, you know, evil leaders and dictators and stuff. But it just means that God has control of all of it. So mm-hmm. I like that verse. Yeah. A second one. How about this one? Why does life have value? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a great question for any occasion, but particularly now as we are stopping the world because we value life. Oh, well. The reason we do, the answer, why does life have value? Because we're made in the image of God. Now, as common as that might sound um, to some of us who believe, you know, that is literally something that Hitler didn't get. He did not value life because he didn't recognize where life came from. So that's why he oppressed the disabled or people of a different race or of a different color, right? But because we're made in the image of God, we have value. Of course, the verse to support that is Genesis 1:27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I love that verse. And you know, just as a side note, you would think a lot of our students would know this innately. But I would say by the amount of despair and self-harm, that we do see among our youth, even in Christian homes, maybe we haven't done a good job with this message mm-hmm. of giving our students value based on the fact that they are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems like self-worth is a oh, something very fleeting anymore. Our world, we're so hard on ourselves. We beat ourselves up so much. Kids are struggling with that one. But anyway, I do have one more. And I think a, a legitimate question for our time would be this. Why do we do some things for the greater good? And the simple answer is, we are to care for the weak and our neighbor. And I would back that up with Romans 15, 1 and 2. And it says, and I quote, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. End quote. 
Oh, you know, as you and I were just talking earlier, um, our world is in such turmoil. It is confusing to know at times what are we really supposed to do and be doing and what are we not supposed to be doing and, you know, our numbers inflated. And as I know some of your listeners are aware, you have struggled with this. I really appreciate you sharing that with me that your family has dealt with this virus because it's a, such a sobering reminder that there is a biblical mandate here to care for the weak and our neighbor. So when in doubt, let's look at God's word, you know, and I'm not saying that gives us all, um, well, the answer to every political question out there, because <laughs> it's, it's a mess what we're being told, you know, um, it, it's all over the place. But thank God we have his word to sort through at least pieces of all this. And that is just one that has given me some comfort. Romans 15, 1 and 2. I love how you are just taking every opportunity to talk to your kids, listen to them well, and lead them to the cross. And this is just a great way to um, talk to your kids about history, but about current events and politics. One of the things we're noticing, we've been doing free workshops on our um, Facebook page and on our website, um, is that the kids really want to talk about what's going on in the world today. They are hearing a lot. They're listening and they're aware of news or um, lack of good information, but they're not really getting a good chance to talk through what's in their heads. And so I just really want to encourage our listeners, take this great information Linda's so beautifully shared with us and give your kids an opportunity to talk to you about the mumbo jumbo maybe in their heads, because we're all getting so much news or, you know, quote unquote, mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to wade through it all. And this is, a it is very way. hard to filter it properly. I don't care who you are. There's mixed messages everywhere right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is just a great way to help your kids sort and to open up those dialogues and conversations um, that mm-hmm. you want them to be having with you a trusted source as somebody who loves them and cares for them. So I just thank you for this great information. This is wonderful. Um, we will have a lot of info for you on the show notes, um, these questions, the PDF, or you can find um, Linda. Um, and you have a coupon code for our listeners, don't you? <laughs> I do. I have a little something special for them. Well, I feel they should be rewarded if they could sit through my lesson on Mount Vesuvius. Because, you know, any audience I can get to hear a history story, they're my friends. Um, <laughs> let's see. The code that I have for you is simply true north. So use that word, all lowercase. And what that would give your listeners is a free MP3 workshop titled Modern History That Shook the World. Mm. And the reason I picked that one for right now is that it goes back about 70 years in history to explain that helps explain some of our current events. Of course, our biggest current event right now is the pandemic. But as far as the other politics of our headlines, um, going back 70 years is enough to give us so much information as far as the formation of Israel, how North Korea became what it is, who the Ayatollah was. So we kind of look at seven countries going back 70 years. And so it's called modern history that shook the world. So it's just looking at a handful of events that, you know, have brought us to where we are. And of course, that's the beauty of studying history, that it always helps explain the here and now. It's always connected. So anyway, that's what my viewers can get. They're going to find that workshop at themysteryofhistory.com. Don't miss the, the, so it's themysteryofhistory.com. And I believe I've provided you a link that will specifically get you to that workshop. 
But if you're wandering around on there at the mysterypistory.com, there is a workshop store, and that's where you'll find modern history that shook the world. So with True North as a coupon, that will be free for you, and it's available through May 31st. What a great and, thing. Sure. Well, we're at this time in our lives where, you know, we can choose to either binge watch TV or we can binge learn. And of course, maybe you're doing a little bit of both, but binge learning is um, something I hope we look back at this time and say, gosh, I, I don't want to regret how I use this time. This is a, well, this, unless you're truly faced with life and death right now, which some are, but many of us are not. So what we are faced with instead is how we're going to use this time wisely. And so certainly learning is one thing we could be doing. And I don't want to look back at this time and regret that and be wasteful. But anyway. Okay. So make sure I will put the coupon and the the site and the link. Everything is in the show notes. Easy for you to find and to get to. And if you, if you have not listened to Linda's The Mystery of History series, you really need to check that out while you're on our website. Fantastic history, really fun. Um, we are big history lovers. And so we, um, we actually binged the year we had our house fire. We listened to all the history, oh. history volumes in one year. It was just mm. a, a sweet way of redeeming some time in our lives that was tough. So I love audiobooks and Linda, you read, you read your own books, don't you? Mm -hmm. I and am the narrator, which is, it's kind of funny. I didn't really like plan on that. Um, <laughs> I wish that, that I could sing, but since I can't, God gave me an alto narrator voice. So yeah, it can be the glory. It's turned out to, that it works. Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, it, you have some new products to share too. That's I do. There's a few things. Of course, most people know we do have four volumes of world history for all ages. But beyond that, in this last couple of years, we've been accumulating some standalone class lectures that go with volumes three and four. So if you want a little bit more for your students, like after your student has read a lesson, they can listen to me for 10, 15 or 20 minutes for every lesson in volumes three and four. Just give more to the story with a lot of PowerPoint slides to bring it to life and thought questions for applying it to today and that sort of thing. These are a derivative of some online classes that I teach. But again, they're a standalone lecture series. You can find those on my website. And then just in these last two weeks, real quick, since everything has gone online, I was planning on attending some homeschool conventions and in person giving four workshops this year that are, you know, I, I kind of write new ones, you know, every, every year. And so I had a couple lined up and now they've all been converted to MP4s. That's what I've been doing for the last two weeks was converting everything. So let me share real quick with your listeners what my new workshops are, which will soon be out on our website. They're not there yet because right now they're available through a lot of these online conventions. And so we're going to kind of give them like first rights, but soon after I'm going to have the dark side of socialism. Mm. A great one for your teenagers. Then what teens and tweens should know about the French Revolution. Again, just looking at a, a terrible piece of history and seeing how other people dealt with it. Because, you know, we're not alone today in what we're struggling with. Next is artists of the Renaissance that everyone ought to know. So it's a little lighter topic, but kind of fun. I love the slides that you can find in art history. And then one titled When Bible History and World History Meet Face to Face. And this is taking characters from world history and Bible history and just putting them on the same timeline that really um, just enforce our 
the reliability that we could have on the Bible to see it as a great history book. So mm-hmm. that's one of my favorites. I love it. Okay, so you they're not loaded yet, but listeners can find them in the next week or so or just oh, yeah. mm-hmm. checking back at the the mysteryofhistory.com and find if you love good storytelling, which we do. Um Linda is your girl. So make sure you check out the mysteryofhistory.com and find all the volumes too. And you know, these I want to just say I don't think the mystery of history volumes are should be relegated to a certain age group. Um, my kids are spaced four and five years apart. So we always have the 16 year spread between our youngest and oldest. And we all mm-hmm. enjoyed the volumes that, that we heard you read aloud. So they're great to have in the car as you're traveling. Um, not many people are traveling right now, but they're great to have at home <laughs> while you're pandemicing uh-huh. <laughs> light of, of what's going on. But like you said, let's make the best use of time that we have right now. Um, anything else you want to just leave our listeners with? You've, it's been such a rich half hour already. <laughs> oh, I've enjoyed this time. I appreciate just that we could do this by modern technology, just reach each other. It's interesting. I'm an extrovert and um, it takes a lot to wear me out of people. But honestly, we've had so much virtual relationship lately. I feel like I've seen more people <laughs> online than I have normally because um, sometimes I'm isolated. But anyway, it's fabulous. I'm just still in awe at what is happening uh, I do hope and encourage parents right now to be documenting with their children what they're experiencing. Again, we don't want to look back one day and regret how we spent this time because think of the students who one day this will be their story. This will be this is their history happening. So I hope uh, I know the Internet right now is floating around with like some time capsule workbook pages and stuff like that. So grab those resources. Um, for me, I'm I'm opening up Zoom and trying to do kind of like a personal journal because I'm so overwhelmed by what's happening in this world that I can't even write all about it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's so much, but I'm trying to capture some of my own feelings. I don't know if it's for a future me or for my grandchildren one day when they're adults, but I'm trying to capture it. So encourage your kids to do the same. And last, I just hope you might consider following me by subscribing to my website. So go to the mysteryofhistory.com. Uh, follow me. I put out a monthly newsletter as well as six or eight blogs a year. I'm also on Facebook way too much, but go find me at the Mystery of History page. It's my social outlet. <laughs> I, I love I love that idea of opening up Zoom and just talking through your feelings and everything for the day. Great tip for all of us as adults and kids, too. Um, I love it. Um, and the other thing I've been trying to encourage people to do is just we what we've been doing with our grandkids who are very little is just FaceTiming them or Zooming them. Um, Because they're isolated, too, and they need to Mm -hmm. know that there are people in the world that still love them, even when they don't see them on a regular basis. So, Linda, thank you for being here. It has been delightful. I love I love your heart and your mission and your purpose. And um, I love I love your history volumes. So you guys go buy them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Lisa. No, I do sincerely appreciate it. And to God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being here today. Thanks, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Life Skills 101, a life skills for a digital age. We hope you like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Life Skills 101 is sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. You can visit our website at truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. To True North, stay true. Thank you.